I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 94 of the podcast. Happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and hit that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. Okay, dads, I have an awesome show for you today. I have been truly blessed to have interviewed so many U.S. Navy SEALs on the podcast, but today I will be speaking with a first-class father who has been teaching Navy SEALs how to swim, and he has been doing it for more than 20 years. Jeff Uch will be here with me in just a moment, and being around frogmen for more than 20 years can only have a positive impact on your life. And Jeff has a wonderful philosophy on fatherhood and offers some terrific advice that all dads, including my self can benefit from so please stick around for that my last two episodes are being downloaded at a rapid pace and i am receiving a ton of great feedback from my interview with craig sawyer back in episode 92 and rightfully so the problem of child sex trafficking in the united states is just downright disgraceful and vets for child rescue is on a mission to end it so if you guys haven't done so yet i highly recommend tuning it back to episode 92 and just take a listen to how bad the child sex trafficking problem is here in the United States and what Craig and his foundation are doing to confront it. And on Friday for episode 95, I will be joined here by another SEAL Team warrior, this time the canine trainer and best-selling author, Mike Ritland, will be joining me here. So come on, lock it into First Class Fatherhood. We're just about to start a new month here and coming in November, I will be joined by Medal of Honor winner Dakota Meyer, Max Out Your Life coach and entrepreneur Ed Milet, candidate for the United States Senate in Michigan, John James, and so many other awesome dads. So let's go, dads. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here on iTunes' number one kids and family podcast. Let me smack you guys with a quick little spot here, and I will be right back with Jeff Uch. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now is a first class father. He is a world-class swimmer. He has been teaching tactical swimming to U.S. Navy SEALs for over 20 years. He has also taught Air Force pararescue jumpers, combat controllers, Force Recon Marines, Coast Guard, and other military personnel. It is a big privilege for me to say, Jeff Uch, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Great to be with you, sir. All right, Jeff, let's get our feet wet here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have four kids. And one is 23, married, and actually uh, have a grandson uh, through her, Brianna. And then my second is 21, Jordan. Have a third son who is 17, and uh, he graduated from high school early, now is in college. And my youngest is a 12-year-old daughter who is in middle school. Okay, so your youngest is my oldest, so I'm definitely soaking up all the knowledge I can here to prepare myself for the stages that you've already been through. If Uh, I could do it all over again, I would gladly do it. Awesome. What type of sports or activities are the kids into or were they into? 
Well, we had, you know, the two rules we had with them growing up, other than just some house chore rules and general behavior rules, was they had to play a sport and an instrument. And it was really up to them which instrument or sport to play or how involved or serious they wanted to get. Uh, but they had to choose that. So my oldest was, you know, played around with soccer or um, she did a little bit of softball and just kind of went here and there and, and didn't get real serious in any of them. And then uh, instrument-wise, she was piano. And then the second was karate, got his black belt and got very serious into the violin and still plays. Uh, so he's been playing violin for 10 years, also plays guitar, very musically inclined, has written some of his own songs. And uh, my next son uh, is, was into soccer. He's no longer doing that, but he plays the guitar very well. He's also writing songs. And then my youngest, uh, she does gymnastics and softball and just about anything, and she is just a whiz on the piano. So they just... Uh, I think all of those skills and talents can last with you through your whole life, give you confidence, and and uh, certainly learn how to be good at something. Wow, that's impressive, Jeff. It sounds like you have a very talented family. Did you ever have the opportunity to coach the kids at all, or did you more uh, cheer them on from the sidelines? Uh, well, I am a swimmer and a uh, swim coach, and so that's really my forte. I'm, I'm really, a, a, you know, I just have one book in the library, so to speak, and that's swimming. And because that was my strong point, they all did at least swim one summer league swim uh, team, and I did coach them uh, from time to time doing that. But it wasn't their sport of choice, and I think it was basically because, you know, I, they knew I wanted them to do it. So we let them rebel a little bit there. So not my, I mostly cheered and really loved to do it. I mean, I would rather go see – you know, one of my kids play baseball or uh, go to the, one of their games than any professional game at any time. It just is that much more fun. Well said. I agree. All right, Jeff, please take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and how you ended up teaching tactical swimming to Navy SEALs. Well, yeah, I swam as a kid. I was born uh, in Washington, D.C., actually, but raised on the James River just west of Richmond had early open water experience in the James River, just playing around. I got very serious into swimming as a kid. Uh, I did a couple races. I actually failed one of the YMCA swimming classes, but then my mom wanted me to learn how to swim, so she told a person to tell me I was a pretty good swimmer, and I believed them. And so that goes to the power of belief, even though I wasn't. This one lady, you know, my mom... Uh, told her to tell me, and, and I believed her, so I quit my other sports and started swimming. And so I really was dedicated. I worked very hard. I got a scholarship uh, to the University of Arizona in swimming. I was uh, went to the Olympic trials when I was still in high school and did very well there, so I pretty much could pick which university I wanted to go to. Ended up at the University of Arizona mainly because the guy in my event uh, won the Olympic gold medal. And I wanted to be like him, so thought Arizona was the place to go. And then had a, a good career, reasonable, didn't reach my highest level goals, but had a good career, All-American, was on the U.S. national team. Did not make the Olympics, but sure tried four different times. And then I got into professional open water marathon swimming, uh, which is between any swim in the open water between 15 and 50 miles. My longest one is 36 miles. I just did that a couple years ago, actually. 
um, as old as I'm getting. Still enjoy doing it. And through the, through that, I was teaching triathlon clinics around the country and different clinics to civilians and ran into some military guys and kind of a long story, but I ended up um, getting an opportunity to train SEALs many years ago. That seemed to work out pretty well. And then uh, over time, they sent me to some of their schools, figured out exactly what they needed, and then started developing some courses for them. And so that's what I've been doing for over 20 years now. Yeah, that's remarkable, Jeff. And my listeners know just how much I admire not only our veterans, but how much I love the Navy SEALs. And and I'm so inspired by their mindset. And I have been extremely blessed to have interviewed about, uh, you know, a dozen Navy SEALs now on the podcast. It's been really great. Have your kids had the opportunity to be around the SEALs and learn anything from them? Or or were they more uh, kept separate from the guys? No, they have. I mean, they don't come with me when I do the training, but because I've been doing this for so long, I do have some great friends. And you're right, I love that mindset. It's really a growth mindset that, you know, even if I'm not good at something, I'm going to become good at something. Uh, if I can learn, I can do, you know, I'm, I'm in the fight if I'm still around. And I just love that mindset. So over the years, yes, my kids, we've gone hunting. Uh, with some of my buddies that are in the teams are out now, and they have kind of um, learned about, you know, what what it takes to be a SEAL, that kind of mentality, and it is wonderful. They know their dad is not, not somebody that uh, has done that, but they recognize that I affiliate with those who do, and, and boy, they have benefited from that, absolutely. Yeah, I'm a guy that reads all their books as soon as they're published. I understand that some of the material could be fabricated or altered for obvious reasons, but it's still, their books are always so inspiring. And like I said, speaking with so many of them and having a chance to pick their brains about fatherhood, I mean, that's really been astonishing for me. Well, I think what what the biggest thing some of my kids get out of it is, look, I think we're here, and I've tried to teach my kids that we are here to reach our potential, whatever that may individually be and become your best, you know, hone your talents, you know, forge yourself into who you want to be. And this is something I've definitely learned uh, from working with the SEALs and trying to teach my kids. It's not about finding yourself. You know, I am about, yeah, what are you good at, what are you not, what do you like, and this. But it really is, look, choose who you want to become. Recognize the areas you're strong. Recognize your weaknesses. But let's start to become the person you want to become, you know, study history. Look at those guys that we bring around, you know, that have associated with these SEALs, other people that you've met in your life. Pick the good traits that you like and then try to emulate them, whether it's a strength or a weakness. Let's, you know, it's all about forging, and, and a lot of that forging comes through adversity, you know, doing hard things. Yes, and I am definitely trying to relay some of that to my four children. I know that as a dad, I have a lot of room for improvement. And my mission is not to be a better father than anyone except for the dad that I was yesterday. And I just try to identify my mistakes and failures to better learn from them and lead by my example as best as I can. Well, yeah, you talk about being a better dad. You know, each child I have learned does not require the same parenting skills. It is not a machine where you do this, you check off this, you check off this. You know, uh, they come here all different. You know, they, you know, some are more obedient and want to please. Uh, some are, are less obedient and really don't care what you think. And it can be from the same mom and dad, same environment, and they all come a little bit different. And so it is, 
it is more of an art than a science, I think, being a yeah. father. Yeah, I can testify to that for sure because my four kids each require a different style of parenting. I, I need to use a little bit of different finesse with each one because they're so different in so many ways, yet they're similar. And it's a real dichotomy, and it's, you know, fatherhood just, just sort of like an on-the-job training. It is, but it's worth thinking about. You know, it's, it's worth taking time to sit down, talk with our spouses, talk with our children, set goals, have interviews, and think about, you know, what would be best for them. Um, you know, I am into, into planning instead of just winging it. And it is an art, but it also is, hey, I'm going to sit down and paint today. You know, let's sit down and work with this, with this particular child on something. You know, let's hone their skills because it, it, it raising those children, it, it can just happen, but it will happen a lot better if we put some thought into it. Yes, and if we look at the military members, their lives are about giving themselves to something greater. And I think that we can all relate that to anybody that has a family, if we just look at the family as the greater good that we give ourselves to. But our culture today has adopted such a me, me, me mentality, and that's in large part due to all these smartphones. So how can us as parents, how can we combat that issue and get it back to some of the core fundamentals of parenting? Well, I think it is teaching balance teaching that there is a time for me. You know, there is a time to go to school, to learn and hone yourself, to grow yourself. But in the end, uh, we grow the most, you know, when we're serving others. And I remember when I had my first child, and this, I'm embarrassed to tell this story, I really am. You know, I was 27, 28 years old, had the first child, and I had, uh, you know, I was still training for Olympic trials, and first baby girl, Brianna, and I thought to myself, well, now my growth period is on hold. Now I'm going to put my, you know, me on hold and, and have to sacrifice for her. And then looking back at that, how ignorant I was because the greatest growth that I ever had was having kids. In other words, I thought it was going to stunt my growth. It was going to stunt me time. It was going to, you know, keep me from achieving uh, some of the things I wanted to do and sacrifice. But I, you know, I, I can't tell you how infantile and just <laughs> ignorant that was. I look back on that and just in uh, dumbfounded at how clearly I just didn't understand what children would do for me. All right, it is now time for a word from today's sponsors, and I'll be right back with more of the action on First Class Fatherhood. Yeah, and that's one of the messages I'm trying to get across here and one of the main reasons that I started the podcast because I drive part-time for Uber and I hear far too many young guys having such a negative outlook on fatherhood and family life and they talk about it as if it's something to, you know, something to avoid at all costs and that it's going to ruin their lives and I try to tell them, hey guys, you got it reversed. It will change your life, your perspective on life, but in a much better way. It does, and I and, and that is one of the hardest things to teach because it's not that I was there. I always wanted to have a family, but I just thought, wow, you know, it's going to stunt what I want to do. It doesn't. It just opens up a whole new world. The joy you get from seeing other people grow and the sense of accomplishment you feel through them. It's not that we live vicariously through them, but, you know, the, the sense of pride and joy and seeing them try to reach their potential and one's willingness to sacrifice for them, and the things that you learn along the way, um, I guess it's very hard to explain because I didn't get it. 
right? I didn't get it until I actually had my own children. So it's something that one has to go on in faith, I think, many times. Yeah, I agree. Well said there, Jeff. Okay, one thing that I'm curious about, since you've been training Navy SEALs now for more than 20 years, what is the biggest difference in the young men who are coming into BUDS today as opposed to 20 years ago? Well, the hats they wear. (laughs) You know, you can almost see the generational gap. You know, with the guys of a certain age, they still wear the uh, the hats that are, you know, uh, you know, just kind of circular in the front, you know, cut. And then the the new generation is the flat bill, and uh, you know that's kind of the outward appearance. You can just tell the generation gap. Um, otherwise, hard to tell. You know, these these guys, except for video games. I mean, you know, again, the the uh, the guys of my age or, you know, even 10 years, 15 years younger are, you know, not necessarily playing video games. The younger generation does play video games, even the SEALs, you know. Uh, they enjoy to do that. But as far as sense of purpose, of sense of patriotism, a sense of being involved in a community that serves and does something greater than themselves, uh, their ability to sacrifice, Um, You know, I would not short this next generation of SEALs at all. Absolutely uh, just the top notch. Awesome. And I'm grateful. And it really makes me proud to be an American that we have guys like them. They're they're such remarkable human beings. And and I'm so glad they've been brought out of the shadows. I I know that so many of them hate the exposure that the teams has gotten. But, I mean, man, what an opportunity for civilians to get a look at their mindsets and capabilities and learn something from them. I think it's very important. And I, I think we need that for our children. We need more men for our children to look up to and want to emulate in this country, especially right now. We do. And the other thing, though, we need to teach is make sure that if our kids aren't SEALs, if they don't have those physical qualities or want that, to make sure they understand they're just as valuable. You know, we need citizen SEALs, that if that is not your focus to go in those teams, and I do, I put a lot of emphasis on, hey, these guys are the best of the best, but you can be the best of the best in this area. You know, you can be the best mom, you can be the best teacher, you can be the best, you know, electrical engineer. And all those areas are ways to serve, and they are not less important of doing what the SEALs do. I mean, you know, um, I've got a lot of stories in working with them, but one of them, you know, after 9-11, I asked one of my buddies, after some of the other guys I knew started getting killed, you know, what can I do? What can I do to help out? And he said two things. He said, one, well, if I get killed, take care of my family. And I was like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But, you know, and I did find out there was a SEAL foundation, and I helped raise money for that. And that was one thing. But the other thing he told me was, Jeff, do your best. Do your best. And he didn't explain it to me. And I went home and thought about it. I was like, man, what is that? Why is that important for him to do my best? And in the end, I talked to him years later, and I said, man, that was a turning point in my life. And he had no idea. And what he was saying was, look, if I'm risking my life over there and I'm trying to preserve the liberties you have over here in your way of life, I don't want you wasting that by sitting on the couch eating Cheetos watching reruns of Gilligan's Island, okay? I want you out there pushing, becoming the best you could be, raising great families, being a good husband, being a good citizen, understanding the founding fathers and the Constitution and what made this country great. Go out and teach it. 
go out and tell others that they can, they can reach their potential. You know, they can do great things. This is what America's about, and this is what we're fighting for. But if you don't do your best, why am I over there doing this for you? And to me, that was a seminal moment um, of realizing, hey, you know, the sacrifice is worth it if we make good on why we are here right now. Wow, yeah, that's powerful stuff, Jeff. Very well said. Let me pivot this back to your fatherhood journey and say, first of all, you know, congrats on being a grandfather. I forgot to say that at the top there. But what has that experience of becoming a grandfather been like for you? How does that kind of change the way you view how you were as a father? What have you been able to take from that so far? Well, a couple things. One, I felt old, and I thought, <laughs> man, I'm too young to be a granddad. And uh, so it was kind of humbling at a minute. But I'm excited. And what we learn is, is look, we only have a short window to make these influences over these children. And, you know, when they were all young, um, I think many parents said, wow, this is going to last forever. This is hard. Yeah, but, it, man, take every moment and enjoy it. And, you know, what we teach our kids, I now see my daughter doing some things better than I did, but also some of the things we did you know, making it a priority. And so, you know, our parenting and what we put in to our children is going to reverberate into generations thereafter. And so you cannot do a more important work for your own family, for your own happiness, for your own feeling of of well-being than invest in your children because that will continue on through generations. And let me tell you, I do work with a lot of older people uh, in my business here in Tucson. And when I talk to them, some of their biggest joys are their families. And at the same time, in talking to them, some of their biggest regrets are the same thing, that I wish I would have. And I think that is something as parents we just don't want to, uh, we don't want to be thanked. And But also understanding that even if we do our best, our children have their agency. You know, we can invest all the time in the world in them, and they can still get involved in bad things and things that would disappoint us. But we, we need to have our hands clean, so to speak, and do the best we can. Yeah, and I think it gives them the best opportunity to succeed. I, I think the results or the statistics are very overwhelming for children who are products of absentee fathers or, or that fatherless household, and it's not good. And it really feels like the family unit is under attack here in this country from the media, from TV, and it's detrimental because once the family values go out the window, we see a breakdown in society and in the culture where that is occurring. Oh, it is tremendous. It, it's huge. It all goes back to that, and we need to reestablish it. The problem is, you know, when people start talking that way, it turns some people off. It turns some people off and saying, well, you know, what do they mean by family values? What do they mean by this, that, and the other? Well, you know, we need to help get out the word of this is what it means, you know, accountability, you know, for your children, to be raised in an environment of accountability, of tough love, of facing consequences, of learning right and wrong, of, you know, not having mom and dad always save you from yourself, but being able to do that in an environment that you have a safety net for a while, you know, because eventually there is no safety net, and they will be fully responsible uh, to society for their actions. 
And so being able to rear kids in an environment where they're responsible, but in a, with a safety net environment is, is really important. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Jeff, it's been humbling for me because since I began this podcast, I've been contacted by tons of fathers all across the country that share this philosophy, and their voices need to be heard. And it's awesome for me to be having these kind of conversations with dads like yourself. And I think they're very important issues, and only good can come of it. But let me ask you what's next for yourself. What are you kind of working on right now, and where can the listeners connect with you if they want to? Well, you know, my big thing is the most important thing we can give to our children and the next generation of Americans in, in, in general is, is not personal wealth that we make and give them and try to keep them from hardships, but it's opportunity. You know, we've got to have fertile ground for them to be able to grow in. And so my whole, you know, reason outside of teaching the SEALs and other businesses is to try to preserve the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, you know, because uh, Oklahoma Farm Bureau Association has a saying, it goes, uh, freedom, nothing grows without it. And so we need to have our nation in a position that our children have opportunity. And as the, there's a direct link between freedom and the liberties we have and the opportunities of our, our people. You know, it's why the Constitution works, our nation works as it is. So I'm really into trying to preserve that. So instead of giving them fish, you know, we teach them how to fish and go for their own. And I think that that's outside of just the family things we do, that's the most important things that we as citizens can be doing is really understand how to teach our children how to fish and keep the soil, you know, uh, fertilized so they're able to go out there and grow themselves as much as they can. We have an annual Freedom Expo out here in Tucson, Arizona. We've got great speakers, and we try to educate because it's all through education. That's what I believe in. So your listeners can reach me at Jeff, J-E-F-F, at FreedomExpoAZ.com. So FreedomExpoAZ.com. Awesome. And I will be posting a link in the description of this podcast episode so that everybody listening can simply just tap the link, and it will bring them right to you. Uh, last thing I want to hit you with here, Jeff, I'd love to ask all the dads I get on the podcast, what type of advice could you give to the new father or to that about-to-be dad who's out there listening? Uh, a couple things. One, be very supportive of your spouse um, or significant other, uh, you know, that you're having a baby with. And two, the babies come out, and I think most dads think, okay, it's not really awake yet. It's not really aware yet. So for the first six months to a year, I see many dads relegating all the responsibility to the wife um, and not really taking on as many duties as they should. But the, the baby is awake. I didn't realize this to our last baby because pretty much I just, I'm not saying I ignored the other babies for six months, but I didn't spend a lot of time with them. I uh, really didn't think they are awake, they're aware, and they're taking a lot of things in. They won't remember it, but it's so important for that early bonding. So jump right in as early as you can. Well said. I love the message. You are a first-class father for sure, and it has truly been a pleasure to speak with you for a few minutes here. And I got to say thank you for giving me the time to join me on First Class Fatherhood. Awesome. Thank you, Alec. All right. I'll be right back after a quick spot.
Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood, I got to give a special thank you once again to Jeff Uch for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was pretty cool. Uh, please hit me up on Twitter. Drop me a DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to hear your feedback. And lock it into First Class Fatherhood for Friday's episode, which will be number 95. I will be joined here by another former frogman, former Navy SEAL canine trainer, Mike Ritland, will be here with me. So that's going to be an exciting episode you do not want to miss. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You've been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We're fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.